Hello, blues lovers, blues artists, blues people, blues aficionados, blues pundits, stealers, dealers, and healers. Welcome to Blues and World Report. I'm your host, Matthew Scholar. Today, I'm releasing the second half of the Lurie Bell interview. Part one, if you missed it, took us from Lurie's childhood up to the late 1980s. We pick up in the 90s as Lurie starts to enter a turbulent time in his life. My conversation with Lurie took place in Chicago on August 31st, 2021. This is why you'll not hear us discuss the unfolding and unspeakable tragedy we are witnessing in the Ukraine today. Oh shit, I feel a rant coming on. It seems every few weeks there's another mind-blowing world event that plunges me further into despair and cynicism. But this is not a time to indulge in emotional paralysis. Depressed about the climate? Help the water protectors. Outraged that homegrown fascists are now denying women's humanity? Sending us back to the antediluvian days of coat hangers and back alley clinics? Then go and march on March 8th for International Women's Day. Are you appalled that the Republican Party is actively and transparently trying to disenfranchise people of color in this country? Then call your senators and state representatives. Every small act of resistance adds up to the largest moments in history. And multiply that by millions, and you have a power that no authoritarian madman can suppress. It's tough when things seem hopeless, I know, but we still have cards to play. Don't fold. Take a gamble on the right side of history, and and on the way, peep as many whole cards as possible. Okay, rant over. I won't always do that, but at this particular moment of crisis and disillusionment, I felt it was needed. I needed it. All right, so let's get down to the nitty-gritty with the fabulous Lurie Bell. Blues and World Report with Matthew Scholar is a 100% listener-supported podcast. If I'm to continue my talks with the greatest blues people on the planet, I need your help. If you're digging what you're hearing, please lend your support at paypal.me forward slash Chicago Wind. That's paypal.me forward slash Chicago W-I-N-D. And become a supporter. Welcome, 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 welcome to Blues and World Report. Blues, 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 blues and World Report. I'll be interviewing all different kinds of artists whose work has been inspired and influenced by blues music. I hear so much talk about keeping the blues alive. Keeping the blues alive? No. no. I'm thinking the blues keeps us alive. Just be careful how you And of course, we're going to get down to the real nitty-gritty with the greatest blues artists on the planet. In the late 80s and through the 90s, you you fell ill. Yeah. You started to battle a lifelong battle of pretty severe mental illness. Yeah. Um, and, Yeah. And that was coupled with, you know, drug and alcohol um, addiction, and you were intermittently homeless. 
at the time. Don Neal, yeah. 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 And interviewers have gone over and over and over this, you know. So anybody that's listened to interviews, you know, of you has heard all about this because you've been so generous and so open about it. And you've also done really uh, great benefits for the mental health community. You've been a great advocate for trying to destigmatize mental health as something that shouldn't be talked about when in fact it's like any other health issue. It's something that is treatable in most cases. And you're an amazing example of how if you get the right treatment and you do the right thing, you um, can conquer it. I definitely you know, would like to talk about it because it's such a great service to the community at large, especially people that are suffering from this. And it's a very, very common problem. Mm-hmm. And, and so... I think that people need to be as open and as generous as you are in terms of relating, you know, their experience. And so how did you pull out of this horrible situation? How did you turn things around? Well, Matthew, I realized that I had a problem with communicating with people. You know, at a stage in my life, I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't sit down and have a normal conversation with another uh, person, you know, because I figured that person was trying to harm me or something. That was the thoughts that were going through my mind at that time. Okay. And it, it, it was like that for a good while in my life, you know. And I realized that I was, that I needed help. I was going through a change where... I couldn't deal with my my own uh, mental state of being. You know, I was uh, I found myself hearing things that I didn't want to hear to myself. Not no one talking to me. Just seemed like I was hearing outside world trying to. So like voices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know. I said to myself, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I said, you know, my own conscience told me, Lurie, you got to do something about this, man. You got to get some help. You're a musician. You ain't supposed to be going through this, through this tormenting time. You got to, you got to figure out what to do about this, you know, because at that time I was really disturbed, Matthew. I was going through some changes, so I decided to. Uh, admit myself in mental hospital, which I thought maybe if I did that, maybe that'll help. Mm. And I think it did because the people in the staff at these mental wards, the mental hospitals were very kind to me, very nice. They also had instruments in that damn place. They had pianos and shit. I would be running around there. But uh, the thing, you know, uh, they would, you know, they would, they would uh, give me medication, certain types of medication, which was prescribed mm-hmm. just for me mm-hmm. at a certain hour, and you know, and uh, I think that medicine helped me calm my nerves down. You know, because I, 
I was I was I I, I was diagnosed with uh, which was very annoying to me schizophrenia. I was kind of edgy, and so you you got some treatment for it, but you'd have your good days and bad days, and your good periods and bad periods, and um, you you did end up homeless intermittently. Then you you hooked up with Vamp Samuels. Okay. Right? Right, right. For the listeners, Willie Vamp Samuels was a bassist extraordinaire. He had a beautiful voice and was a talented producer and all-around impresario. He was the former bassman for Junior Wells, Otis Rush, Lurie Bell, Luther Allison's son, Bernard Allison. He recorded the Dietrich Farr album, Let It Go, and he played with my band for several years and recorded these kind of blues with me, and Lurie was on that. Born November 18, 1960, he passed on March 26, 2006. I'd like to give a shout-out to Akila, his daughter, and his four strapping sons, and Gloria, his widow. They're all doing wonderful and are just beautiful people. What a family, and I know he's looking down super proud. Lurie is going to now take us back to that period of time when he was running with Vamp. Well, the thing about, about that particular thing, I mean, you know, Matthew, after, after I stayed in these hospitals for a certain amount of time, I began to relax because I, I don't know that, that the people must have liked it, me or something because that medicine helped me a lot, man. Because I was, I, was, I, was, I was seriously... Ill with, right. with, 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 you know, I, I, I thought demons was after me. <laughs> yeah. No, you know no, what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, one of those things, you know. And um, I started uh, working uh, down at, at, at on Maxwell Street on Sundays, you know. I was mm-hmm. living at, uh, in the, uh, I think that was the Jane Adam Projects on Taylor and Ada down there by U of I. Mm-hmm. And I used to walk down there with my guitar, uh, which is everybody called it Jewtown on mm-hmm. Maxwell Street. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said it was a flea market, but they would let me play on Sundays for tips. Mm-hmm. That's when I ran across Vamp. <laughs> okay. Vamp was playing bass, guitar, him, and I think a guy go by the name of David Lindsay on guitar. Oh yeah, David Lindsay, yeah. And they would always let me play. Right. They would let me sit in, you know. And uh, uh, me and Vamp, you know, I don't know, we just became friends real yeah. tight, you know. We worked together, you know. And then somehow or another, me and Vamp, you know, uh, uh, worked out these certain areas in my lifetime that I couldn't that I had a uh, problem with trying to deal with, Vamp was there for all that shit, man. Yeah, I remember. You know Vamp. He was a, one of the most, He's not to mention how bad he was on bass guitar. And singing. Yeah. But anyway, that oh, that's when I 
a team. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Vamp was also very entrepreneurial and um, extremely brilliant guy. And he he recognized your genius. And um, he produced one of the great records on you. Um, you remember that record that yeah. you guys did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cutting Heads. Cutting Heads, yeah. right. I'm glad you remembered the name because it was just slipping out of my head. Um, but, yeah, so he... he did that record cutting heads and um and I know that he um was instrumental in trying to um keep you on your medication and and that he got he got um you know um he helped organize getting the right doctors to prescribe the right medication and then you guys went to Europe and you you did some you did a few european tours if i remember correctly yeah yeah Vamp was my honcho, man. He was, he was, he was there, you know, when I needed a partner, when I needed a friend. Vamp was that guy. Yeah. You guys get back from some European tours. You're you're in and out of a band together, um, and then you met somebody who c- completely changed everything for you. And I'm talking about Susan Greenberg. Yeah. 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 And so. Yeah. 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 I mean. I mean. Uh, you know, when I first met Susan, man, you know, I didn't, I, you know, I always admired her, you know, before I got the door, you know, that's when I was playing at Roses, you okay. know, and I was, and I would, uh, you know, at that time I would, you know, I would sit at the bar to myself and. I would be to myself, you know, I wouldn't mingle with too many people. I would just sit there, you know, on break after I got to playing. I would sit there on my break. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, I looked around, you know, there she was, you know, I always admired her, you know, she's, she's a beautiful lady, hmm. you know. Next thing I know, <laughs> for I know that she came over and introduced herself to me. Hmm. And I said to myself, wow. And uh, she said, you know, hey, you know, my name is Susan Greenberg. And what, she asked me, what was my name? I said, my name is Lurie Bell, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, next thing I know, you know, we were, we were having a conversation, you know, talking, you know. And, you know, and uh, she invited me over to her house, you know. I said, okay, you know. I never thought we would hook up like we did. Right. I never thought that. Wow. But we did. Yeah, that was a real love affair. Yeah, you guys really were deeply in love. We were we were very, very, very together on, on a whole lot of issues and close, you know. And so eventually you moved in together. Yeah. You got a place. Her father was pretty wealthy. Her father was a architect. He was an architect. Yeah. 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 Audrey was his name. And in 2002, you and Susan had uh, twin babies. You had Elijah, Elijah and, and Corina. Corina. Yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> um, they were born prematurely, mm-hmm. um, and they lived for six months, um, and, and then they passed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, quite naturally, you both were totally devastated. I, you guys asked me to play harmonica at um, Corina's uh, funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, you were a rock. I mean, you were very devastated, as was Susan, but 
there was something um, that you noticed, um, I think, in Susan that she really, um, I mean, you know, uh, a mother's love, you know, and you were really her support system. And you got her through it. And um, where did you find that strength? Well, from her. From her, because when when she was around, you know, I realized something about myself, you know, that that, that she's one of the most extraordinary persons that I ever met in my life, she was, Susan. She was a great photographer. She was a supporter of the blues, which is what I did, and she supported me. And I said to myself, Matthew, man, it, it shook me up, man. But I said, Larry, you got to be strong, man. You know, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to uh, have strength now. She's gone now. You got to, you got to be a strong individual because she would want that. When that, when that situation went down, you know, I, I couldn't understand why. Right. At that time, Matthew, it just happened. Yeah. You know. But you had to deal with it the best way I could. Right. You know, I had, to, I had, I had to, a lot of times I would pray. You know, and you know, but uh, you know, I'm still around. I'm still here. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, and and, and 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 when it comes down to Susan, I, I ain't gonna never forget her, man. You know, she can always be uh, somewhat, you know, in my head. Somewhat, I'm gonna think about her. Did with, you? Did you guys get any counseling after that? Did yeah. You, you did? Yeah. You got some professional yeah, we, help? we went through therapy. You went through therapy? Yeah. That's yeah. great. Susan was a prolific and extraordinary photographer, and she had an eye. I mean, that woman could go into a drugstore and get a disposable Kodak camera, go in, come out with diamonds. Yeah. Uh, I know, because I used to work for her. <laughs> Yeah, I just with Susan had 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 two or three different studios, man, that she would work out of. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, developing photos and prints and all that. And she had me to uh, help her out. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 the, and the thing about that, you know, which was extraordinary and special. You know, she wanted me to know what she did. As, right. a, as a as a photographer, which I admired, you know, because I admired her, and she was a beautiful lady to me, mm-hmm. you know, back then, mm-hmm. you know, Susan. Yeah, you both were were really super gifted at, at your chosen forms of self expression. Um, in two thousand and five, you guys were blessed with your beautiful daughter Aria. Mm-hmm. Tragically, in two thousand and six, Susan was diagnosed with lymphoma, and she died January twentieth in uh, two thousand and seven. Mm-hmm. The way that she exited, and the way that she um, set up all of these different things in place for you was amazing. I mean, she got an incredible manager for you. She got a personal manager for you. She got me to agree to um, producing an album and got her father to agree to executive produce it, provide the funding for it. She put everything in place so that you had an infrastructure, you know. Well, well, Susan, man, you know, I mean, when it comes down to 
believing in, in, in this kind of music that I do, which is the blues, you know, and supporting blues artists, she was something else with that. You know, she believed in me for some reason. She believed in me more than I kind of somewhat kind of believed in myself sometimes. That's that's a gift. Susan was that kind of lady, man. Yeah. Well, she also was in love with you. Yeah. So there was that. (laughs) She was, uh, she had a man. Yeah. Then we started recording Let's Talk About Love. Mm -hmm. And again, she put all of that in place. We had started doing pre-production work on that before she passed away. When she passed, she made her father promise her on her deathbed that he would give us enough money to um, finish that record. And he did. We went into the studio and we had just finished tracking that album on May 4th. And it ended up Uh, being your comeback record. It it showed the world that Lurie Bell was back. Um, Two days later, on May 6th, I had a telephone call, and someone informed me that Carrie, who was convalescing in a hospital about four or five blocks from my house, had passed. And um, I, and they said, do you think you could, um, you could tell Lurie? So I called you, and... um, I say, what's up, man? And you were like, I'm going to see Pops. And I said, why don't you hold tight? I'm in the neighborhood. I'll come and pick. I'll come pick you up and Mm -hmm. carry carry Mm -hmm. you over there. So I called Dietrafar, who lived half a block from that hospital and about two blocks from me. Dietra at Dietra, you know. And so me and my wife Tina and went and picked Dietra up, and then we drove over to your place, and we told you that that Carrie had passed. Uh Yeah, and then we all went over there. Um, to the hospital. To the hospital. I remember. That was, uh, that was really um, very intense, you know, to be able to be there with you. and uh, I appreciate it, too, Matthew. You were very, very supportive. Well, with, you know. with, 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 with When Dad passed, you was, you know, you was there, man. And I, and, and, and I know this in my heart, you know, and I, I know I... For some reason, you know, you know, the support that you gave us was something else, man. Yeah, it was. It was. was, You was there, Matthew. We had already known each other for decades, and uh, and you had given me so much over the years that uh, you know that was just natural. We had just gone through this with Susan, and just three and a half months later, your dad passes. Yeah, you've got all of this tragedy. From the twins to um, the old man and to Susan and then the old man. And the way that you dealt with it, which was to just, like they say, chop wood and carry water. You worked your show, you know, you never stopped. We were were actually working together at Blue Chicago quite a bit with my band, you know, and you had some gigs with your your group and, and Rick Bates was starting to put you to work and that record was hadn't come out yet. But when that record did hit and it did come out, uh, your career took back off again. Mm-hmm. And you, um, I mean, the resiliency that you exhibited was just in- incredible. I said to myself, Matthew, I said to myself, Lurie, it ain't in your hands. You got to, you got to pray. You got to, this is in the Lord's hands, man. You know, mm-hmm. when death come, you know, and I never faced death like that before in my life, you know, but it happened, 
you know. And I said to myself, you know, you got to pray every night, man, you know, and thank God for giving you the ability to to face that and live for yourself. You know, you got to, you know, you got to, in other words, I said to myself, put one foot in front of the other, put the other foot in front of that one, then keep on walking. <laughs> right on. Susan Carey, your babies will want you to be playing. He'll come to your house. He don't stay long. Look in the bed and you find your mother's gone. said death don't have no mercy in this land he won't give you time Get ready in this land. He won't give you time to get ready. In this land Well, he'll come to your house He won't stay long Look in the bed and find your father's gone. <laughs> he won't give you time to get ready in this land. And uh, I, you know, it's just got me waking up every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I see the sun come up, man. And, you know, and uh, and I say, you know, to myself, and I whispered to the Lord, thank you, God, for mm-hmm. you know, giving me the strength and the ability to deal with what I deal with in my life, mm-hmm. you know. So your guitar and your faith. Yeah. Then in 2007, a few months after your dad passed, we released Let's Talk About Love. Mm -hmm. And it was a critical success. You got a lot of critical acclaim. Mm -hmm. We got a flood of rave reviews for it. Mm -hmm. And 
before Susan passed, she employed one of the best and most talented and professional managers that um, has been in blues music in recent years. And I'm talking about Rick Bates. Mm -hmm. And he worked in other genres as well, but he had a very close connection to blues music as he loved it so much. And um, his heart was really in it. Susan found him and engaged him before she left. And he took that uh, record and all those great reviews and you started working your ass off mm-hmm. and one of the reviews came from somebody we mentioned earlier who's a great lover of blues music and uh, a really fine journalist david whitus he wrote about this in living blues magazine and this is the december 2007 issue he wrote a long review of it that was a rave review and he ended it with this paragraph this disc is more than a musical triumph although it is surely that is an affirmation of life a beam of light cast towards the future through the endlessly varied realms of joy doubt fear despair and redemption that characterizes blues expression lurie bell has done more than provide us with a template of hope with his music and with his own life, he has provided us with a roadmap of how to find it. That's 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 deep. deep. It's really deep, mm-hmm. and, and um, it's an ultimate compliment. Um, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very powerful, man. Yeah. Uh, again, I had the honor of producing that record, and we worked together through the material, and we saw a theme emerge—a theme uh, about love. What's your feeling about that record? I had good people backing me up, like the engineer, uh, Blaze, Blaze. Yep. and of course you. I think a lot about you guys, you know, and uh, to me, you know, when it comes down to recording, that's, that was one of the the best recordings that I ever had the pleasure of recording for me. Let's talk about love. Let's talk about love, because let's talk about love, you know, it, it, it really is, it speaks the truth, you know, because... That's a Ray Agee tune, by the way. Who was that? A guy named Ray Agee. He was a, a blues guitar player and singer from the West Coast. He wasn't a super well-known um, guy, but he was a great bluesman. And, well, and, and well, he wrote that song. Yeah. But that's a hell of a song. It really <laughs> is, man. It really I is. mean, I, I, enjoyed, I, Matt, through, I enjoyed doing that particular song because it made me think about my life, you know, people that I care for in my life, you know, you know, very close to me. For instance, Susan, you know, mm-hmm. I thought about her a lot when I was singing that song. Right. You know, it touched me really when I picked up my guitar and played it and sung it, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I know it, it probably reached a lot of the blues fans Mm-hmm. Out there, because you know, one thing about it, all of us go through changes, and we need sometimes we need love to carry us through, man. Yeah, no doubt. I want to talk about love, and let's not be ashamed. Explain. You know it makes you want to say 
Title cut off of Lurie Bell's 2007 release on Aria BG Records called Let's Talk About Love with Lurie Bell on guitar and vocals, of course. And then on rhythm guitar is Chicago blues guitar master Anthony Palmer. On bass guitar, Felton Cruz. On drums, Kenny BDI Smith who I interview on the third episode of Blues and World Report. You can go back to the archives and check that one out. And then on keyboards, my old longtime partner and legendary piano player, Sidney James Wingfield. <laughs> what a band. And on those beautiful background vocals, that was Cynthia Butts, one of Chicago's great gospel singers and one hell of a blues singer as well. Rest in peace, Cynthia. She passed four years ago, um, and uh, we miss her dearly. What a band that was. Wow. The song, the message that you put out there mm -hmm. carries you a long way. It's very powerful, man. Very powerful. Let's talk about love. You yeah. Know, that's yeah. Well, you did, you did Chicago Blues A Living History after that. Yeah, that was a project that my brother produced. You and you and Larry, me and yeah, me and Larry worked yeah. on that together. Mm -hmm. It was his brainchild, and he brought together a great band, mm -hmm. and then had you, Carlos Johnson, Billy Boy Arnold, Billy Branch, and John Primer. The concept was to take the greatest band leaders in Chicago and have them each interpret. Um, classic Chicago blues standards um, in their own way, in a uh, sort of um, uh, co contemporary way. One of the greatest projects that I've done. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, it, it got a Grammy nod, <laughs> and so we all went out on the road together. Yeah. Um, imagine that. 
Yeah. You know, and it was uh, Felton Cruz on bass, Kenny Smith on drums, Billy Flynn on guitar, myself on harmonica, Johnny Iguana on keyboards. Oh, yeah. And so it was just this amazing band. And then you had all these um, elder and emerging elder uh, players who all came together in a beautiful way. We toured all over Europe. We went to uh, Beirut in uh, Lebanon. That was one of the really amazing experiences for, I think, all of us. Then um, we did a a follow-up record, The Revolution or Evolution Continues, and that that was a really highly acclaimed record also, and there were some great special guests on that. But then you got a contract with Delmark. Well, actually, just to get the chronology right, we did The Devil Ain't Got No Music. I think it was 2012 or 13. Mm-hmm. Right after that, you, me, and Bill Sims went to Japan, mm-hmm. and we, we performed a bunch of that record. Um, with the great Bill Sims, who had a lot to do with that record, actually. He came to Chicago, and it was me, you, and him, and Joe Lewis Walker in the studio. And, mm-hmm. and we did The Devil Ain't Got No Music, man. Down, on, down there on Chicago Avenue. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Chicago and Sacramento at yeah. Joyride Studios. Joyride Studios, yeah. And Blaze Barton was the man. Mm-hmm. Um, the engineer. And then you got a contract with Delmark, and you recorded a couple of albums with Delmark. Thank you for giving me that work. I was uh, the harmonica player on two of those records. And you did an excellent job also, oh, I must you. say. Thank you, man. Yeah, you, 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 I always admired your plan, but when you accompanied me on that particular project, excellent. You got another Grammy nomination for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the second one. We started out talking about your new manager, uh, Amberly Stokes, mm-hmm. and she has taken your living situation and your quality of life and your health and all of that and, and brought it to a really wonderful place. And then you guys did an album recently in L.A. called She's a Burglar, which is a remake of the great Freddie King al- album named Burglar. What was that like? How was that project? That project was something else because, you know, I said to myself, wow, I, I'm still doing some of Freddie King's stuff. This this, this would be an honor for me. Mm-hmm. And that's a different kind of Freddie King album. I mean, that's a really highly produced, funky record. Yeah. COVID came along and put the kibosh on releasing it. But I talked to Amber Lee recently, and you guys are about to release this thing. So we can't wait to hear it and see it. Well, it, I think it's different from my style. It is, yeah. When I, when I did that particular mm-hmm. album out in L.A. and had the funk man and the musicians out there, it put something different in my approach to, to my style of playing guitar and singing. We're looking forward to that. What what do you have coming up in the horizon? Boss gigs. Yeah. Uh, I got something. I got to go to Oxford, Mississippi, and do right. uh, uh, a show down there. And then, uh, to my understanding, the end of September, I got to go over to Ukraine and do something. 
It will be on Lurie.com uh, on his schedule. So if you want to corroborate that, I think you can take us out with a little bit of uh, a little bit of music. Sure, sure. Yeah. And all of these records that we're talking about, let's talk about love and the devil ain't got no music. Those two records, you can contact me at uh, through matthewscholar.com. There's a few copies of those um, left um, and really just a handful. Let's talk about love. I personally have about 10 copies of that, and we're willing to sell those to um, the first uh, buyers, and uh, all that money will go to Lurie Bell to keep him um, out on the road and on the one. So if you want a copy of either Let's Talk About Love um, or The Devil Ain't Got No Music, go to matthewscholar.com, go to contact, and then write me, and the first 10 will get the CDs. What you got on your mind, Lurie Bell? Uh, how about you don't have to go in the key of E? Come on.
good well listen man thank you so much for coming down to the basement this is where i sheltered in place <laughs> try to get this little studio together so thank I you do these thank interviews. you for having me come out here matthew man oh man i wouldn't want to be i wouldn't want to be nowhere else right, <laughs> on, right on man well that makes me feel so good all right, so we'll um, be in touch with you real soon, my brother. And okay. stay on the good foot, and um, we'll uh, at some point be back out on that road together. Okay, Matt. soon. Okay, Matt, too. All right, now. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye-bye, fans. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a great cat. That was the one and only Mr. Lurie C. Bell. Again, that was part two of our two-part interview, which took place in Chicago on August 31st, 2021. I'm happy to report that Lurie's doing great, and it does look like some work is coming back to our stages, and so Lurie will be in a town near you soon, and look out for him. Also, please go to my website at matthewscholler.com. M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S-K-O-L-L-E-R.com and contact me through the email link if you'd like to order Lurie's albums, either The Devil Ain't Got No Music um, or Let's Talk About Love. Blues and World Report is produced by yours truly, Matthew Scholar. The intro sound montage was created by Mixmaster JQ and the outro guitar performed by my big brother, Larry Scholar. Blues and World Report with Matthew Scholar is a 100% listener-funded podcast. We're trying to complete our first full season, and we really need your support to do this so we can continue our quest to interview the greatest living blues artists and other creative people whose works are inspired by the blues. Please lend a hand by going to paypal.me forward slash Chicago Wind. That's paypal.me forward slash Chicago W-I-N-D. And become a supporter. Thanks so much. And um, my thoughts uh, of love and healing energy go out to all people living with the nightmare reality of war in their land. I beseech the masters of war to stop invading, killing, and bombing. And instead turn that energy towards cleaning up and healing a world gone terribly wrong. And in the sage and poetic words of Willie Dixon, it don't make sense that you can't make peace. I'm out.